episode 49, chapter 2 of the Daily Growth Discipleship Podcast. I'm Chris Lamberth. And I'm Josh Havens. And we're on a journey to learn what it means to live a lifestyle of discipleship. We're glad you're joining us and hope that as you set aside this time for God, that He would help you grow today in the everyday moments of life. Today, we're continuing our conversation with Paul Smith. Paul Smith was an on-staff editor for Gospel Publishing House for over 30 years before retiring in 2018. During this tenure, he worked on adult Sunday school curriculum, books, magazine articles, letters, and other publications that were produced by the General Council of the Assemblies of God. Still an ordained minister, he serves as ministry leader for a Celebrate Recovery chapter in Republic, Missouri. He keeps busy doing freelance editing and page layout, and trying to downsize a lifetime of memorabilia and books. The everyday moments of life are filled with disappointments, regrets, pain, and sadness. It's an inescapable part of our lives under the influence of sin. And when we give our lives over to Jesus, we expect these problems to disappear. We believe if we serve him faithfully, that our problems will never return, or that somehow our lives will be free from injustice. In this second part of Paul's testimony, we get a glimpse of God's work in a life, even when that life was filled with depression and hopelessness for years. But the good news is God's work in us is never done, and he often brings people around us who can help us find healing. This gift of the body of Christ is exactly what Paul found in a ministry called Celebrate Recovery. I want to talk about another really important aspect of your testimony that you didn't really cover, but it has to do with another organization and, uh, that you're really involved with called Celebrate Recovery. Um, can you tell us about like, what Celebrate Recovery is and then why it, uh, how you became to get involved with that? Yes. Um, Celebrate Recovery is a Christ-centered 12-step group. Um, and they're different than like AA or NA because they deal or overeaters and uh, there's so many different ones that deal with single issues. Uh, Celebrate Recovery deals with every issue. Um, that, you know, like I like to say, anything that, that touches the human condition, we, we deal with it. But what we do is we give them tools, um, biblical tools in order to deal with all these issues. Um, one of the things about Celebrate Recovery is we have five guidelines, and the third one is that we're not here to fix you. That's God's job. Mm. We're not here to judge you. We're not, which means we're very welcoming. It doesn't matter who you are. So our our doors are open. Come with any condition, and uh, you can work through the program at your own pace. Get involved until we get actually get into twelve step, which takes about a year to go through our um, our twelve step books. Um, so, um, so that's celebrate recovery. And so let's see, how can I, how far back do I need to go? 2000, um, in the early two thousands, about 2000, um, three, 2004, um, I had, um, I can't, I had back surgery and, it, it was bad, um, but they fixed me and I was fine. And then uh, um, 
so they put me on certain medications and my my surgeon put me on certain medications and I went back to my primary care and he says, well, I think you should be on this medication as well. Okay, you know, there's the doctors, I'm not. Um, I didn't know as much as I know now. Um, I was on the medication for 18 months and it came down with every side effect possible for mm. that medication. Um, you could go to a textbook or the sites that they had it and read them off and I'd say, that's, yep, 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 I had every single one. We went through five different families of this particular medication and finally I told the doctor I'm not gonna do this anymore. I said, um, this is, all my joints were inflamed. Um, I could hardly walk. Uh, I said, if I die tomorrow, the quality of my life is so bad right now. Um, I'm willing to take that risk and not take this medication. So I basically took myself off mm. medication, much to my doctor's chagrin. It's the only time he's ever called me when I told, when I wrote him a letter, told him what I was going to do. Um, so all the, all the, all the symptoms went away except for one. And that one was depression. What it had done, it was a cholesterol medication and had leached cholesterol from my brain. I don't know if you know this or not, but the majority of your brain is made up mm -hmm. of fat and cholesterol is a fat and cholesterol is necessary for proper brain function. I was not producing an over amount of cholesterol in my system. So what I was doing was instead of taking care of the extra cholesterol that was in there, it was taking care of, it was trying to remove cholesterol from my system. As a result, depression occurred um, and it got worse. Um, it got um, it got so bad that I would come home from, from work and I did work at the National Office of Ms. God. I'd come home from work, I'd lay on the, on the floor and I'd cry for an hour because it was so bad. Um, when Jesus was on the cross, he, he had the whole experience of feeling that God abandoned him. Now we know that God did not abandon him, but that was his feeling. And I felt that way. I felt that God had abandoned me. Um, I got this little nativity set that I put it out on my, on the, the kitchen, the, uh, the coffee table in my living room. And it was to remind me of this one thing that God is Emmanuel. And he never leaves you regardless of how you feel. And I held on to that um, for a long time. And finally, um, I called my doctor. I said, I need help. Um, so I, so um, I, I got help. I got medication I needed. Uh, and they finally found a combination that worked for me very well. And so the depression began to lift, which was great really great but there's one thing about the depression that didn't go away and that was this feeling of hopelessness now it wasn't hopeless like in the sense of hopeless like i don't have hope in christ or that i'm not going to go to heaven when i die it was the hopelessness of feeling that my life was never going to change mm -hmm. that i had been in a holding pattern for i don't know how many years um and i had not grown any closer to the lord I had all kinds of knowledge. I mean, this is what I did for a living, but it never reached my heart. And I, it's hard to explain how someone who works with the Word of God every day and and, and prays every day and um, wants so much to know the Lord 
how you can live that way and not have that affect you. But somehow or other, it didn't. And I just felt there was something, there was a roadblock, and I didn't know what it was. So <clears throat> I had a friend of mine who worked at the national office, and we would have lunch occasionally. <clears throat> he worked with a, um, a, a shapes ministry, which was a ministry for a mentoring ministry for teens that the AG had for a while. And he was head of that. So I don't know. One day I, I just told him, I said, this is the way things are. I don't know. He had a trusting nature and I felt I needed to share this with somebody. And so he talk, started talking to me about celebrate recovery. And uh, honestly, I did not think this was going to work for me. <clears throat> we had We had two sessions that I talked with him. Each one was over two hours each where we talked. I asked questions. He answered questions. Talked about what was going on in my life. He answered questions for me. He did not try to fix me. What he tried to do was point me in the right direction. So I finally said, okay, I'll go. And the first night, I don't... How do you explain how God works? You can't. So I went to this meeting and they did, it, it's like a kind of a church service that they have, but then they have a teaching or a testimony. And I don't remember that first night whether they had a testimony or teaching. It, that, that didn't register with me. What registered with me was that from the time they started, God did something in my heart and restored hope. It was a miracle. Because nothing else I had done, going to church services, praying, being prayed over, none of that restored hope. Sat in that in that place for one hour, and God restored hope to me. Um, that was in 2009, 11 years ago. May, May 22nd, I think. Excuse me, March 22nd, not May. So it's just over 11 years ago. And I went through the program. Um, they have 12-step program. Um, so I went through the books, and it is grueling because you have to be honest with yourself. You have to be honest, absolutely honest. The, uh, the questions are very probing. Um, they get you to talk about your past, all uh, the emotional part of you, um, everything about you. You go through this series of, 50, of uh, 25 lessons, and it's grueling going through it because you have to be honest. Mm -hmm. And for the first time in my life, I was honest. Totally honest. I mean, not saying that I wasn't honest before, but I was totally honest about myself. Mm -hmm. And um, so one of the things that they, uh, there's a verse in scripture that the King James Version, and I'm not discounting the King James Version because it was a great translation for its time. But there's a verse in James in the King James Version that says that if we confess our faults to one another and pray for each other, we'll be healed. But that word faults there, if you've studied it, is, um, I could mention the Greek and tell you all that, that's irrelevant. What's irrelevant is what that word actually means. And the word actually means sin. The reason that the King James Version translators did not translate it as sin because they were dealing with coming out of the Catholic Church at that time. And the Catholic Church had confession to the priests, and they wanted to eliminate that idea. 
And that is my opinion that that's what they have tried to do. So, um, but it does say sin, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another. And that's the premise of celebrity recovery. As you get down to all the things that are going on in your life, you confess them. You write an inventory. An inventory is everything you've done right and wrong your entire life. Mine was um, 18 pages long. 18 pages. In very small write, by the way. Mm. I write very small. Um, so I, um, I, I wrote my, my inventory. And then once you write your inventory, you, you read your inventory to your sponsor. And that's what I did. I read to my sponsor. He prayed for me. And that was it for that session. But God did some things in my life that year that were incredible. Um, I, I remember a couple of years later, I was talking to one of my pastors. We went to lunch and, and we started talking. And I started telling him, you know, you know, when I came to celebrate, this is what was wrong. This is the things that were going on in my life. And this is the things that God's dealt with me. And he, this was in a public place in a restaurant. And he said, how can you say those things out loud? I said, because we're only, a sin, we're only as sick as our secrets. I said, and nothing in my life is a secret anymore. Mm -hmm. So those things don't hold any power over me anymore. So that's how I got into the Celebrate Recovery. And uh, eventually I started teaching um, the lessons. Um, um, my church uh, stopped having Celebrate Recovery, so I went to a different Celebrate Recovery. And um, when the ministry leader Lee left and moved to another town, they asked me if I'd be the ministry leader. So I'm currently the ministry leader of this little Son of God, excuse me, of this little 12-step group in this other church. Um, so that's how I got into Saturday recovery and into recovery. And so in, 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 when you're talking about these, uh, like you've got to be more honest with yourself um, than you've ever done. Is all of this work being done in a group setting or is it one-on-one -on -one with like, like a sponsor you mentioned you had a sponsor. So I guess it's similar in, to a, in that regard as you're, you're yeah. paired up with the sponsor or is it some of both? Yeah. It, it's a little, um, um, if you can think of a coach, the sponsor is a mm. coach. So we like coaching the around here. Sponsor actually lead, yeah. A life coach, which leads you through the material. So you understand it. And so you're held accountable to make sure that you do the lessons. Um, Can you walk us through just like real quick bullet point? You, you don't, we don't have to get into detail, just what the 12 steps are. Okay. Uh, you want to know all the 12 steps? Just real quick. I, like I'm curious as to how they differ then from like AA steps. <laughs> so we, okay. again, if they're like really long, we don't have to do it, but I am curious. Okay. Technically, technically they, um, the founder of, of Celebrate Recovery, the reason he founded it, he was a part of AA for years, but he couldn't talk about Jesus mm -hmm. there. They wouldn't let him. You could talk about God, but you couldn't talk about Jesus. And it bothered him a lot. So he finally went to his pastor, wrote a 13-page, typed a 13-page, single-page, single-spaced mm -hmm. letter, 13 pages. And he proposed to celebrate recovery. The pastor told him, you go ahead and do it. <laughs> didn't, say, I, didn't say the church would do it. He said, yeah. you do it. <laughs> Although they're, they're anchored in that church. Um, so they basically took the 12 steps of, of AA, which by the way, started by Christian mm -hmm. first took the 12 steps. And then 
he changed it just slightly. And because we're Christ-centered, it's a Christ-centered 12-step mm. program. So when we talk about our higher power, our higher power is the Lord Jesus Christ. And there's no getting around that. We are unabashedly open about that. So the difference between AA and Celebrate Recovery as far as their, the 12 steps is that they are centered on okay. Christ. When we, de- when we deal with the 12 steps, every step has a Bible verse that goes with it. Gotcha. Um, so like when, like, uh, like when we do our inventory, um, we use Lamentations 340, which basically says, let us examine our ways and test them and let us return to the Lord. So you're examining your life and you're testing it according to the word of God. And then you're returning to the Lord and bringing all these things to the Lord. And, and the Lord brings the healing. So, um, so anyway, uh, our higher power is the mm-hmm. Lord Jesus Christ. And every, every one of the 12 steps deal with that. Okay. Uh, in some yeah, that's way. good. You know, Josh and I have talked about like we've really liked the uh, the twelve steps that AA covers, and you know, there's some really really good stuff in there. But you're right, there's just that, and I mean, you could you're right. There's that emphasis on God, that if higher Christians power. Christians were to go through AA, they would make those connections right away. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, but it's, it seems like there yeah. was something always lacking. But that's really cool to know that then Celebrate Recovery was started from that and. Uh, um, yeah. Um, now one of our members, um, he he came in to Celebrate Recovery from AA. Um, and he did not like Celebrate Recovery because we go much more deep than Alcoholics Anonymous, Anonymous does. We are go much more deep. So uh, that's what he didn't like about it, but it's also what he liked about it. <laughs> when he actually got through it, he understood what was going on and why he had to do mm-hmm. what he did. He did doesn't mean he liked it. I mean, honestly, yeah. you know, do you really like talking about the bad things in your life? <laughs> That's the hardest I, thing there is. <laughs> especially the secret things yeah. that we have. You know. Yeah, we talk about we like to say too around here, you know, like growth is like there are certain things that are simple about growing in Christ, but that doesn't mean they're easy. And so because Correct. growing in any sort of significant growing process, like it's easy to grow when you're young, like, you know, young, young Christians, young children, they grow really easy. Or when you're trying to learn a new skill or coming at anything, right, you acquire it relatively easy. But the deeper you go into this thing, the harder a skill becomes to learn. And when you're talking about yes. overcoming deep rooted sinful obstacles in your heart and really dealing with the heart of who you are, man, that is, that is a, a death to yourself that you're having to confront and and grow in Christ through you're like literally part of you is having to die and disappear so that more of Christ Correct. can take root and grow. literally rewiring yeah. your brain in some cases yes. because you have to undo all these connections that you have in your brain that have been built up over an entire lifetime mm-hmm. and so it it, it really does feel like death sometimes yeah. and so we we tend to sh- shy away from it and not not want to even touch it Another difference between AA and Celebrate Recovery is that in AA, when you do your inventory, you write down every bad thing you've ever done in your life. Okay? <laughs> it's just a crazy thought kidding. to even... <laughs> I know. It's a crazy thought. I did it. So attempt. I know. It. But what Celebrate Recovery encourages you to do is you don't write down every bad thing in your life. 
without writing down the good things in your life. Mm -hmm. uh, we had one guy who went to the 12 step uh, a few years ago. And this is a great guy. This guy volunteered at church. He did, you know, all kinds of things. Wonderful guy. So when he sat down to do his inventory, he said, I couldn't think of one good thing I've ever done. Can you imagine living mm -hmm. like that? Um, the guy was a great guy. Sure, he did a lot of bad things, but he did a lot of great things. So he was he was sitting at home and he was he was baffled. And then, I mean, he was to the point where he was like going to give mm -hmm. up kind of thing. And his mother came to him and she, you know, of course, mothers know things about kids. And she she said, well, what's going on? And he said, that's what I got to do. He says, and so he, he told me that for a half an hour, she listed thing after thing after thing after thing that he did that was good. Mm. And he said, you're selling yourself short. You know, everybody has good parts of them. And I mean, oh, there's, there's some, you know, people who say, you know, there's no good thing in you, so you can never do anything good. And that we'll, We won't get into that whole thing. But, but we do good things. And so what they tried to tell us to do in doing our inventory is we balance it between the good and the bad. Um, I, I kind of like to think of it as if you do inventory, you have the good, the bad, and the mm -hmm. ugly. So the good is, you know, the things that you've done and things that have done to, to you that were good. The bad is all the bad things that had happened to you or other people perpetrated on you. But the ugly are the things that you did to mm -hmm. other people. So that's they they that's the difference between um, AA and self recovery is that we recognize that God works in our lives even when we're not aware of it. And these good things that we do are good things and we can write them down. You know, for me personally, I, I, that's been part of my struggle too, is to, to see the good in my own life. Like I, I've had numerous conversations with my pastoral coach where I, I, I bring up the bad things over and over again. I bring up the stuff that I did the last week or the stuff that I've just continued to obsess about that I should have let go of a, a week ago or years ago. And he's there to constantly remind me of those good things and bring balance to that. And I think it's one of the reasons that walking with someone else in a lifestyle of discipleship is so important. We, I'm beginning to think that we will always have blinders in some way or another. Uh, whether it's about our own yes. lives or about what's going on around us. And God's given us this gift of community, walking with other people uh, as a way to bring a, a, a different perspective to our lives and to to walk with us and to bring healing in, in areas that would never happen if we were just trying to figure it out by ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so going back to what, uh, what you mentioned, uh, that passage in James chapter 5, it's... That's that's really the I think the purpose of of confession is to bring us together with the community with the body of Christ, and in that place healing does come. Yes, that's exactly right. When I hear Paul talk about the processes and methods used in Celebrate Recovery and even Alcoholics Anonymous, I can't help but think this is how the church should be. It seems a shame that we have to create separate groups just to have a safe place where we can share our deepest hurts and darkest part of ourselves with love and understanding. 
shouldn't the church be that place? I'm sure we would all say a resounding amen to that call. But what are we doing to change it? What can we do? I want to challenge us, myself included, to take up the call to make our churches safe places for those who are hurting, sick, and struggling with their own darkness, to feel like they can come and receive grace. To change an entire church culture sounds like an impossible challenge, but it starts by doing small, simple things each time we're gathered together with our local bodies. Things like taking extra time to actually find out how someone is doing, listening to them instead of waiting for them to stop talking so you can start. We have to stop making others feel bad for the questions they have about God, the church, and how to follow Christ, even if those questions seem simple or offensive at first. In short, we must learn to create spaces of vulnerability and grace that invites others to open themselves up to what God wants to do in their lives, individually and the body at large. This process won't happen overnight, but if we strive together, we can create a new culture in our churches that is marked by the grace of God and the power of the Holy Spirit as we follow Christ each day. How can you create a lifestyle of discipleship? Most Christians think discipleship is a program or a few practices thrown in at the beginning or end of the day. But we want to help you create a lifestyle where walking with Jesus throughout the day is not only possible, but natural. And we have a tool that's going to help you do just that. It's called the Daily Growth Journal. It's a guided journal that's going to help you become secure in your identity with God and authentically walk with Him in your daily life. Growing daily in your walk with Christ is possible if you cultivate a lifestyle of discipleship. And the Daily Growth Journal will help you do just that. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Daily Growth Discipleship Podcast. To find out more about Paul's work, check out CelebrateRecovery.com. Then check out the next chapter in our conversation, where Paul unpacks the ongoing nature of recovery and the role of spiritual disciplines in healing. If you want to stay up to date on everything happening at Daily Growth Discipleship, go to DailyGrowthDiscipleship.com and subscribe for free. You can also subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Spotify.